Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome back. Welcome back to Sparklight. Um, today is an interesting episode because I've never had guests before. So all of you guys, John, um, I know. First of all, I want to commend you with the work you do. I appreciate the work you do. Uh, I'm I'm actually a fan of your work. I rock with it. I think you do a great job covering the team. So I want to say that and commend you. Um, appreciate it. Also got the my, my hoops and brews homie TPJ. What's up, everybody? I'm um, here. So nice to be here. Uh, yeah, you guys are my first guests. Um, so. I mean, I guess we're going to talk about the Sparks. Uh, I think, first of all, how do you feel about where they sit right now, the Sparks, and just the basketball they played over the past week? Well, first of all, what's up, everybody? John W. Davis here, L.A. Sparks beat reporter for W Insider. And I feel pretty good about where they sit right now. They're 13-8, and 8, 8 out of 10, won the last, 8 out of 10 last games they won. I mean, they, they're looking pretty good. Candace Parker is back. She seems like she can kind of, hold on through the rest of the season. So, I mean, health is always going to yeah. be the big thing with the team. Yeah. But, I mean, they're looking pretty good right now. Nah, but. I mean, the game against the Storm was the best game Candace played all season. Like, to me, that was her. That, like, that was, like, I feel the last, because, again, like, I, I, I grew up, Candace is from Naperville. So, I grew up, like, knowing who Candace Parker was. Like, I mean, I think if you cared up, and I, what I was, she graduated in 04, so I was like 12, 13. Mm -hmm. So I was obviously interested in high school basketball because that was like the next level up. So I remember when she, you know, um, did the dunk contest. I remember like the the, uh, the uh, women's McDonald's um, um, All-American game that she played in. And throughout the entire season, like, um, she was nice, but I didn't feel like I was seeing like Candace Parker. I feel like the past two games we've seen, like, Candace Parker, she looks right. to be – I mean, that's why I even, like, asked her about, like, her health because mm -hmm. she looks like she's the healthiest that she's been all season. Like, you know when you can just see some players play and it's like, I know you healthy because of, of like, the things you're doing. Like, right. I know that you, you know, don't have any, like, oh, I don't know if I want to make this move because, you know, like, I don't know if I'm going to tweak something or something like that. Like, even defensively, she was blocking shots. Uh, her isolation scoring has been much better. Uh, I mean, I, and again, I think um, against the Storm, she played what she had 21 and 7, 21 7, 2 and 2. Right. But I mistaken. would actually counter that she had her better game the first one against the Aces. Yeah. That's fair. And I would say because it was more across the board. That's and fair. It was more efficient. Cause That's I'm, fair. Because I'm a player, or not a player. <laughs> I'm a person who likes efficiency. Yeah. I'm a person who likes efficiency. And I look at the analytics. And if I look at the first game and you have 16 points on five of nine shooting, you made three of three threes, you made all your free throws, you have four blocks, three steals, three assists. I feel like you had more of an impact that first game. Regardless. So it's not all about the scoring. Regardless, the past two games but, are the best. I mean, the, it's the, she the, saw the she past, won player of the week, though, yeah, right? Yeah. So that's why as these she two games. As she should have. Like, I, I, and, and just when I look at this team, man, like, I think I said it like two episodes ago that if they get healthy, I really don't know who can beat them or they can pretty much beat basically anybody. I mean, like, you think Vegas would be a team that's there, but age is out. She has a high ankle sprain. Right. And high ankle sprains isn't just something that you just pop back in and just, you know, get back to playing like you were playing from. Like, that's pretty much a two-month injury. Right. When you get a high ankle sprain, you're out for at least eight weeks. So, you, you got yeah, I know you want to talk about it later, but that's where the playoffs come in. Yeah. That's the importance and about the WNBA playoffs. That's why you have to be top two and get that yeah, buy into yeah. the semifinals. Yeah. Because if you're in the first round, you got to play two games that single game win, elimination win, is yeah. Single that single game elimination is because anything can happen. Somebody tweak an ankle, travel. some travel. Right. You have a bad. I mean, and like I mean, I mean, you've seen what they go through. La last year, they traveled almost five thousand miles for those two games. <laughs> yeah, in like three days. Yeah, so two games. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So and all on coach. Right. And no unfortunate. No wonder why they lost to the Mystics in the playoffs. Got blown out. I mean, what do you expect? You're tired. Yeah. You probably got in what? You probably got in super late. Had to play a so yeah. Best case scenario for them is honestly, if somehow the Aces can get it done and the Sparks get it done, and then that's the finals. Because that it doesn't be a, have to be yeah. West versus East. Yeah. Yeah. Best case for them is, you know, you're oh, going yeah. back and forth on yeah. some flights like that. But likely you're looking at Connecticut mm-hmm. or the Mystics. Yeah. And that's cross I think country. They don't travel. have a tough time how, versus how the Mystics. Pull, how, right. But how yeah. do you pull out a game when you literally had to travel more than two thousand miles? I don't know, man. That's the that's the you know, I, I said it when I we went to the first WNBA. Well, I went to my first WNBA game and it was a terrible experience. It was at it was a preseason game and it was at like the the college whatever at whatever wherever it was so like Pasadena College. Okay. Yeah, when they played the storm and they Why was it terrible? Because like you I'm going to a professional sports team mm-hmm. and then I'm going in really what it wasn't even a it didn't it wasn't even a college arena because I've been in USC's arena. Right. USC's arena is a is a fairly decent size arena even for a college arena. It really was like a high school gymnasium. Right. The but experience of did, the game was good. The atmosphere was good. I but think I was they like, did that on purpose though. I don't like that. It's supposed that. to be like a community thing. I don't. I'm not a fan of that. If I feel like it cheapens the sport. So even back then, I was kind of, I was kind of wondering. And they play two preseason games. <laughs> yeah, which is which is ridiculous. Like you getting all these players coming from overseas and then you only get two preseason games. Mm-hmm. Then they float in, float back float out. In, float back out. It was a great game, though. I, I like the, the only thing that makes me mad is when people talk about the competition. The competition is there. I just it's just things like the flights and the travel and right. not having the proper accommodations. Even the one game playoff is cool, but if you're gonna do that, then like you gotta accommodate them. Better. You gotta you gotta you gotta accommodate them a lot better. You well, can at least get them some first class flights or tell an NBA team, can we borrow the jet for a week, couple <laughs> weeks, something like that. I mean, sheesh. Yeah. Some of them do have relationships with NBA teams. But the good thing for them right now is that they are in the midst of a CBA negotiation. They are. So is it good those, for them? Yes. All of those things you talked about are things that they can say, well, you know, we want this, we want this, we want this. You never get everything in a negotiation, but. Yeah, but dude, this, this is the honest question. Do they have enough something? bargaining power to be able to do that? I think that, I mean, look, when I look at just what I've seen from the league this year, just being on social media, right? I've been on Twitter a decade now. I don't think I've ever, not granted, it could be because I'm paying more attention to it, but mm-hmm. still, I don't think I've ever seen so many people having discussions about the league. And I think some of this is like, there's no, with social media, there's no like separation between fans and players anymore. Like if a player wants to say something, a player can say it, a player can interact with people. So I think the yeah. fact that- Liz Cambage um, does a great job no, of shitting no, Liz, on 12 year olds no, on Instagram. No, but it's great. Like all of that is amazing. It just drives conversation to the league. And I think that there's never been more people paying attention to the league in my humble opinion like even I agree with that like like even uh something from the all-star game i think brilliant ground had dunked and it was like a retweet and somebody made a joke but it got like eight thousand retweets uh-huh. so that's eight thousand people that have that might have seen that play that might you never know one of next you know uh, next time it's on espn when it's on espn two might click into it and watch a game but think about it like this tpj so i interviewed this sports economist for a story i'm working on about mm-hmm. the cba and we talked about investments in leagues Mm -hmm. think about it like this you know we're all about the same age but if you go back to the beginning of any league they don't make money for a really long time yeah Mm -hmm. 20 30 40 Mm -hmm. if not 45 50 years before these leagues come of Mm -hmm. age so if the nba is an established league that makes billions of dollars okay 
they are a partner in this league. The WNBA is not its own entity. They are, but the NBA has a, a good stake in it. The NBA could easily double the budget like that. That's just a couple people's contracts. Yeah, but why would I want to subsidize That's a that? Tyler Johnson contract. Yeah. Shout out to my man Tyler Johnson. <laughs> that's a Tyler Johnson yeah, contract. Tyler Johnson got three for 60 million. That's a Tyler Johnson contract. I'm not saying Tyler Johnson is worth that contract. Contract. That's a Felicio deal. Felicio got three for 36. I still think there's just a level that they got to get to before. I think that they'll be able to get the true negotiating power that they want. I think it's like another five to ten years because I just don't think that the product but also the personalities in the league have and elevated themselves. You like, can build in options in a contract too. It doesn't yeah. have to oh, be yeah, set. Yeah, yeah, you can you can build it in yeah, tied to revenue. You say, yeah. well, if the revenue is this much, you know, we want this percentage. Yeah, but the league has, has like the league that. been making any revenue, or has it been like netting even, or has it been losing revenue? The NBA says it hasn't made money. I can believe. I believe that. I believe that from covering NBA games. I can believe that. Like, even thinking about the second-level concession stands being mm-hmm. open and the second-level seats being open, that's probably an extra twenty-five dollars to $100,000 in revenue every game and just but here's, here's food, my question, beer, and, I, and beverage. Here's my question for you. How much do you think the highest-paid player in the WNBA makes? It's, what is it? It's like $110,000, right? $110,000, $120,000. Yeah. I talk to people all the time. I tell them, "Oh, I cover the Sparks," and they're like, "Oh yeah, I, I've heard of Candace Parker. She has to make like two fifty, three hundred, four hundred thousand. I'm like, nah, no, nah. Nah. But, nah. but is she? Nah. But but this is the this is the honest question that I've been asking. Like, why are these players worth this much money? If the con, if the television contracts are getting better, if the seats aren't filling up any faster, if the players I themselves think the television contracts aren't, are getting better, they are getting better. I mean, it's marginally, they're getting better. better. They are nah, getting better. They got to get personalities. Though. And you got to think about it like this: from when the league started in about '97, the players are basically getting played the same amount now. They haven't even gone. Have up they with made the, any they revenue? Going up with the cost of inflation, though. Have they made any revenue, though? You're not getting paid the same from '97. I mean, I mean, it depends though. I got a lot of homies whose parents, whose moms are still teachers, making thirty five, thirty six thousand dollars, forty thousand dollars where they live, and they've been teaching for forever. It depends on the, it depends on where you at, but it also depends on your market value. Like I'm not saying the WNBA players don't have market value, but I think that, that part of them not having the market share that they want mm-hmm. is is partially because they're marketed terribly and they don't have the personalities that they need. They need more personalities. Like I, they, you know, I'll put it this way. There are at least about six different NBA players that have probably their own show on some type of platform. Mm-hmm. And there's probably like 30 NBA players with vlog channels. That's only right. third of I mean, 30 of them. That's mm-hmm. probably like, le- that's less than, uh, than probably like 1% of them or something like that because it's foreign to some yeah, players in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. But still, how many WNBA players have a you know have like a vlog channel or have some kind of something that they shooting behind the scenes showing their life? How many of them are you seeing market themselves and really be personalities? I think a lot of it, even when you're looking at the WNBA players and their Twitter followers, it's just about engagements. Like I look at a lot of WNBA players' Twitter pages and they don't engage with anybody, or to be like five tweets in the past six months. You're not marketing yourself. You're not marketing your sport. So, like, I just – I hope they can get more because I do think that they, that they need to – if they're going to keep the league around, make an investment in it. Like, don't – I feel like the NBA is kind of, like, halfway, like, on the toilet, halfway off. So, you're either going to shit or get off the pot. Like, if you're going to invest in the league and give them what they need, don't just give them what they need to, like, to actually open the arena. 
give them what they need to invest in their marketing, to invest mm-hmm. in the personalities, to put them in a few more commercial spots and ESPN spots, put them on some more NBA TV spots. We see W, we see uh, you know, you know, female coaches in the NBA now. Have them do more stuff during yeah. the NBA season where you're promoting them and marketing the league. I agree. Like there's but no where do they play during the NBA season. They're not here. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, but, but luckily but they are the, doing that thing this year. The um the uh, the, the national, yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, national team. national team. But think about it like this. So they're essentially getting about a hundred thousand dollars for the top eight players. That's all it took for them to stay home. That's like doubling your salary. Yeah, but where the money coming from though? But the whole salary cap is only one million. But where's the money coming from? Twelve million dollars. How many? How many? W, how many the NBA mi- has twelve million dollars. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How many women are on that, on on each WNBA roster? Twelve. Twelve. About, All yeah. right. So you get a million dollars. Divide that by twelve. That's less right. than hundred thousand dollars right there. Right. So if I if the top player on the team making a hundred racks, that's that? that's ten percent. The NBA. That's twelve million dollars. T- but they the, cough that out. But if I'm the NBA, it's. Why? It's a long-term investment because think Why? about it like this. Let's say each team right now is worth, I don't know, $5 million. Yeah. Okay? If you take another, I don't know, how much you want to put in 10 years? No, how I, much you feel I honestly think they all should be making million? minimum a million dollars a year. I think they should that be might, all making a million. Too much. No, no, no. I don't think it's too much. It just, it, But if you, like I said, if you're going to do it, like you got to fully make the investment. Mm-hmm. You can't just raise they raise their salaries and be like, all right, cool. Now we're just gonna run everybody back out there. Now everybody's making equal money. It's like, no, if you're gonna raise our salaries, give us ten million more dollars in marketing budget. Mm-hmm. Give us access to certain NBA, uh, you know, a qualified amount of access to certain NBA TV personalities to cover WNBA things. Get a Reggie Miller or Marv Albert to want to come and do a nationally syndicated WNBA broadcast. That's how you get. The, the the male fans to I mean, want to invest I, in the sport is bigger than just the contract money. They have to build the sport, and I feel like everybody keep looking at the pay gap, but they not looking at like how, how these players are marketed. I don't see these women anywhere, other than literally on the WNBA's Twitter feed or their team's Twitter feed. They I agree have with to be that, and also, but but when I talk about the people, I always like like you said, it's been around what twenty years. 23. 23. If you look at the NBA, right, within 23 years of its existence, it was not the NBA that you see today. No, they had teams in Rochester and Buffalo, New York. Look, they had teams in Rochester, (laughs) Buffalo, New York. No No offense to Rochester, Buffalo, New York, but they had teams there, literally. Buffalo got the Bills. To be fair to Buffalo, they do have the Bills. They do. But players had jobs in the offseason. Like, it wasn't – even when I look at the um, facilities, it wasn't the same. Like, Mm -hmm. now every team has their own practice facility. Um, The Clippers, right? A lot of what happened with their franchise is they got better facilities. They didn't even have a practice gym in the 90s. So how can you even expect the product to get better if the players don't even have anywhere to go practice and get better? Mm-hmm. So, again, I think that in the next 20 years, the league will look different than what it does, than what it has in the, in the um, previous 20 years. Also, the fact of I think it's great, which is, why I, which is why I thought Camp Day was such a great idea because – we're just now getting to the point where you have women who are coming out of college who have always lived in a world where the WNBA existed exactly. and was something to aspire to. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's huge, even for parents, right? If I got a young girl, right, right now, she's five years old, she's like, I want to play in the WNBA. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to allow you to do that. I'm going to put you in basketball instead of putting you in dance dance or something like that because it's something to actually inspire to. This is something that's been around for a while. And I think women playing professional basketball has just been more normalized now. And I think that that's what's going to help the game because, for one, the players who are raised up in the social media era will be more cognizant of their brands because they just have to be. 
Like, I think right. everybody is just more cognizant of your personal brand, not even knowing that you are just because we're all on social media. We all have an Instagram. So I think everybody is just more cognizant of that. So I think that even the talent and the players and the mindset of the players that's coming out won't be the same as it was in the previous 23 years. And I think that the league will... I think the next 10 years, the league will see incredible growth, in my humble opinion. I think it will. I we'll just, see. I do. But getting off of that, I know you had a tweet... Um, in which you said that what did you say Derek Fisher should get some coach oh, yeah. of the year no no I think he I think he's coach of the year in the WNBA I, think, I don't disagree I mean, he, would get, he got dogged by everybody when he first started and I was telling everybody calm down because of his philosophies but it's also like it's that Phil Zen master shit excuse me I'm sorry it's that Phil Zen master stuff <laughs> uh, where it's just like I'm gonna let my guys do what my guys do and I'm just gonna ma- give them the opportunities to maximize it but they have to play as a team he kept saying Earlier on in the season, I feel like from all them clips was like once, you know, like everybody just has to continue to play as a team. And we just have to stay focused, trust each other, and make the right reads. Well, they weren't making the right reads at first because they were used to being in the offense, you know, where everything that they did was micromanaged and micro-controlled. Yeah. And then he right. comes and he's like, all right, cool, here's a basic set of play plays. Basketball. Go out there and run some sets and, and read and react, which is the same thing that the triangle is, read and react for the most part. You know, and they're not used to that. They're used to, like, very, like, tough, you know, drill sergeant type of this is how we run an offense. And now you see, when, you know, when they play now, the freedom that they get to play with. They also had to grow up without Candace Parker. Yeah. Because as yeah, you've seen yeah. the last two games, when Candace Parker's in yeah. the game, she pretty much is splitting yeah. point guard duties with Chelsea, Chelsea Gray. Yeah. And don't let him put another guard in there. Then it's Alexis. Like, yeah. yeah. Alexis and I remember him in. saying he should – I mean, she yeah. should play like Jokic. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah they default to her. So, because I thought it was over for Candace for for when, so when, when she, she first came out, back, whew. right? But when she was out, that allowed the team to really learn how to start to play like that free flowing, yeah. almost like that playground yeah. offense that he's trying to push yeah. with that positionless basketball. So now her fitting back in, it's just a case of her fitting in instead of standing yeah. out. What happened but was she's still a standout player. Yeah. Like what I happened agree. was you just didn't have anybody to save you. I think that sometimes what happens is when you have somebody like a Candace Parker. Or even like a Chelsea Gray, somebody who can pretty much get their own shot whenever they feel like getting their own shot. Sometimes running offense, you don't put the same emphasis on the little things because you know you can get away with certain things, right? So, for instance, if, if like I got Harden on my team, right, I don't necessarily have to run great offense because when there's 10 seconds left, I can I just saw. throw the ball to you and just walk away from you mm-hmm. and expect you to do something with it. And I think that certain games in like the beginning of the season, I saw them like – it just wasn't – it didn't look like an actual offense. And also, I don't think that they made the extra pass. I thought they looked for somebody to bail them out too much at um, certain times. And now when I watch it, the ball is flowing like the game against the Storm, right? I saw them make the extra pass more in that game Mm -hmm. than I saw them make the extra pass all season. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Chelsea Gray, for the most part, is still getting 10 assists every night, like these past two games, she's still been getting 10 assists. Splitting point guard duties is incredible to me. Right. Like, it's not like she's dominating the ball and getting these 10 assists. A lot of those come in transition or it comes off like somebody rolled and cut, something like that. Or she'll come up and get the ball from Candace and then somebody will cut and then it's uh, um, assist. So, I, like, look, man, I, I just really think – I'm just super impressed by his coaching job. Um, and also I'm impressed the way he knows how to get the most out of his players. I feel like he's getting – I feel like he's maximizing everyone right now. I think it's because he was a player and recently. Also, and, and, and also, I don't, I don't, um, don't want to cut you off, but I think that him not being, obviously, you know, Fish had his moments, but him not being a great player helps him. Because I think sometimes when great players coach teams, it's like, man, why can't you be like me? Because I'm just so great. Like, I just like, like, can you imagine Kobe coaching the team? Mm-mm. 
like how? It's just like, bro, some people just can't do certain things that you had to do. Right. So Fish, I think him being a role player, him having to fit in with a team, him having to play with a Kobe Bryant, I think it helps people like Sidney Weiss or like uh, Tierra or like even Marina or Maria, those people like that play with Candace. Like, look, I play with Kobe. I know how it is to, you know, play with a great player. And sometimes you just are reluctant to play your game. I know how it is. I've done it, but this is how you do it. So I think that him being a role player, I think role players probably make the best coaches. Role players and point guards make the best coaches. And I think he's a very good candidate for coach of the year simply because he's pushing the league forward. I said that in the The yeah. way he's playing basketball, basketball, I love it. The way he's coaching basketball, I love it. When the rest of the league plays like that, it's going to be lit. Yeah. Like it's it, it like to me, this is what the league because look, because you're think, actually letting them play basketball instead of saying you stand here, you, you stand, stand there, here. I'm gonna give you the ball, and then you try to score. See, because it's I think fluid. basketball yeah. needs to be fluid. It's an art form. Yeah, yeah. WNBA is not fluid. Best. They yeah. have to fix the play style. But but see, the the issue is I think that again, when women get more access to training, they get better access to training, they get better. I think that a lot of the coaches are still stuck like it's 10, 15 years ago. Like the women don't have the basketball skill, like the individual basketball skill to do certain things. I think that Fisher recognizes that all these women are supremely high, like supremely high level. For one, they have the same trainers as the men. It's only so many trainers. Ain't like right. it's you know nine hundred million I mean, they, trainers out they here. They literally hired one. They hired Dash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so they like, hired one of the best trainers out there. I mean, we've seen his videos before he was even on the Sparks. Yeah, so, like, they have the same trainers. So you don't have to micromanage every aspect of the game because they're just skilled. And I think that I'm, I'm, I'm with you. That, But that's why I love like, what coaches is, what um, coach is doing. And now I remember even NECA, when I asked her about it in the beginning of the season, she said that it was something that she needed um, at this point in her career. Because mm-hmm. when you try to micromanage everything, basketball can get boring. It's right. like, oh, okay, I mean, do this play, yeah, set the right. screen, go stand here, and no. But when you put the onus upon these women to go play basketball, these are the results you get. Right. And and it also builds up trust within each other. Like I've I've I've, the first game I went to, first game I ever covered doing anything was two games before Jimmy got traded from the Timberwolves. By mistake, I walked in the T Wolves locker room because I'm like, oh, I need to talk to D Rose because D Rose, I'm from Chicago, so D Rose, y'all. So I walked in the locker room, and granted, I think, uh, did you play sports in high school? A little bit, yeah. But so we've we we've all been in locker rooms before. I walked in the locker room and I'm like, oh, they have to trade Jimmy. This is a badly fractured locker room. Like this is not working. The next game walk in the Clippers locker room and it's like, oh, okay, like this is what it's like when a team is being a team. Mm-hmm. When I walk in the Sparks locker room, it's always good atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Even if they lost by thirty. Right. It's still like you don't I, I don't I never feel like the team is broken and fractured. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that is because he puts the onus on them to go out and just play basketball and trust each other. And I think that these are the um, results you get. So I'm with you. Like, and when you look at just the injuries he had to fight through, like I mean, it's, you playing with eight people sometimes, and yeah. you still maximizing and but winning I and grinding to him out about games. It over and over, honestly, it made his job easier. It did because if he would have had to start the season uh, with yeah. this full twelve uh, yeah. roster, yeah. he would have lost some players. I agree. Real early because honestly, up until that last game, I thought he lost Marina Mabry. Yeah, because she wasn't getting she was any struggling. tick. She came out there and she found herself yeah. again. Yeah, but. You know, Sydney Weiss, would she have started any of those games if Candace Parker wasn't out? Maybe. No. Fair. But she barely played the last two years. You're right. Think about it like this. Even early in the season, Sydney had some DMPs when Candace was still 
out. And you look at her now, she's like a whole different player from right. early in the season. Like she's she, integral now. Yeah, like, like yeah. There's no way she drops out of this rotation at now all. when she goes back to the bench. At all. It, 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 and she she does so much that one the stat sheet doesn't show. Mm-hmm. And now like I can even tell by the shot Little she's Kurt taking. Kyrie. Yeah, like I can even tell by like the shot she's taking that she's so much more confident. Mm-hmm. Like I remember one game, she's had like a step back. I'm like, I've never seen you shoot a step back three ever. But the fact that you're doing it lets me know that you're confident and you're not looking over your shoulder. But more than the shooting, it's the passing now. Yeah, the passing she's, too. She's trying to turn into like a little mini point guard. Yeah. She's trying to turn into like a mini Chelsea Gray. Yeah. Now, obviously, Chelsea Gray is it's who she dip, is. Yeah. And I, I talked to her after the game, and she was saying that she kind of patterns her game after, say, like Magic Johnson and, and Tisha Pinachero. Yeah. Yeah. You know, those are her two that she mm-hmm. watched for those no-look passes. But Sydney is seeing that, oh, I can make that same kind of look too if I'm looking out for it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of players are doing that. Obviously, Candace will make those passes. Chelsea makes those passes. Weiss makes those passes. Jones can make those passes. I mean, even Marina yeah, saw her make yeah, a nice yeah, pass. Yeah, Marina, like, Marina's yeah. got some sizzle on the game. Yeah, but again, that's why I just love like how connected this team is because mm-hmm. when somebody makes a play like that, everybody's up. Everybody's up and everybody's cheering. Like, I remember at the end of the game um, – uh, the uh, storm game. I think Candace made like a behind the back pass, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, "Yo, so energized about the passes." Right. And, and 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 I just think that, again, when you talk about you going to a one game elimination, you got to fly five thousand miles. Those are things that help. That's why, if we want to talk about the playoffs now, that's why you want to avoid that. If you're the Sparks, you don't want to have to play in the first round or the second round. You got to do everything you can to get a top two seed and get that playoff by automatically into the semifinal round when you're actually playing a best-of-five series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, A single elimination game, that's a anything crap can happen. That's a crap literally, anything can happen. Anything can happen. That's like March Madness. I mean, like, you see four, like now, four teams granted, beating two. right now, they probably would be the home team in those situations as they continue on, but still. Anything can happen. Yeah. Somebody gets hot one night, somebody <laughs> makes 10, 15 threes, you're done. Yeah. You're cooked. Yeah. And then you're sitting there like, oh, well. Guess we could have. Guess we should have won a couple more games. Yeah, but but rounding it out because we have what four minutes left. Um, what would you like to see improve? Like 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 what what is an area that you know you think the Sparks could improve upon as they close out the season that will help them if they do find themselves in a situation where they didn't get a top two seed and they do have to go into a single game elimination? What's some stuff that you think they can improve upon? I want to see the Sparks finally play their best four or five players together on the court at the same time. Who do you think that is? Obviously the best three in no particular order. Gray, Parker, Neka Agumake. But I also think Shanae is in there. See, I don't think I she's see. one of the best players. I think, I think it's Maria. I think it's Maria. I think it's Maria. I was, if you let me talk. Okay, my bad. Go ahead. Or... Because I'm a proponent of a large front court lineup mm-hmm. at some point in the game. I either want to see Parker, Neka Agumake, and Shanae, or I want to see Parker, Neka Agumake, and Maria Vidiva. I want to see that lineup because if that's on, it's lights out. Who's going to stop that? Like, in this version of the WNBA, when you have no Maya Moore and you have no Brianna Stewart and you have no Angel McCautry, and all of those types of players, you barely have Diana Taurasi. Who is going to stop a lineup like that? You can't stop that. If they are on, and you, because st- you still have that lineup, and you still got Chelsea Gray in the backcourt. And then who? And then who, who would? Be you can have Raquana out there Quana. when she comes back, or you can have. You want to just have defense. You can have TRP or 
still got another all-star that's sitting there that we barely played. <laughs> like Elena Beer. Yeah. I mean, they, they got a squad. That's yeah. a squad right there. I mean, they have, six, they have six all-stars on this team. Raquana Williams made an all-star team before. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you can tell. Gray made an all-star team. Parker made an all-star team. Both of Gumake's made an all-star team. Beard as a former all-star before she took some years off and came to L.A. They got a lot of players on there that's got some game. I agree. So they got to get to the point where, you know, they just throwing down a hammer and saying, like, these are our best five or six players. Mm -hmm. Tighten up that rotation a little bit because everybody's not going to be able to play. It's a 40-minute game. (laughs) You you don't have time to be playing 10 and 11 players. Somebody's just going to have to sit there and – Clap, sit there and clap, clap the team, sit there and clap and dap them up when they do the three. (laughs) Practice that. That's what somebody's gonna have to do. But Um, my thing is, I'm still worried sometimes about how they cover the three point line. Um, They don't care about threes. No, you figured that out yet? Who? The Sparks. They don't care about defending threes. Yeah. Somebody. That's that's why you can't play in single elimination games because they don't care about defending the three. First and second and third is the paint. Then maybe the three point line. Yeah, but see, see, even last, see, even against the storm, Sammy Wickham. If she was on that night, right? If she was on, yeah. she might have had thirty, because mm-hmm. they left her open a lot. She just mm-hmm. happened to miss. I think she yep. shot what four of eleven. Yep. So, see, because like I'm saying, that you don't, you got to cover the three point line better. Like that's the one thing when I watch them. Like, oh man, like y'all. You like, can say it, and I agree, but it hasn't happened, and I don't think anything's gonna change. And 10, 12, 13 games. I mean, because, see, you play some of these better teams. Like you got Chrissy Tolliver out there. You got Kayla McBride. You got some of these other people out there. And then when they teams get healthy and, like, look, you 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 can't be just leaving them out there like that. That's why you got to do what you can do best, and that's be big and be physical. That's fair. And worry about your defense. That's fair. And, yes, they can have better perimeter defense. They probably would agree with that, but haven't shown the, the fight to do it right now. Right now, they just kind of depend on teams not taking that many threes. Because still in the WNBA, they still don't, don't take, take yeah, as many threes yeah. as they should. Yeah, they don't. They so, really should take more threes. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So you, you're still in that era where they you not, can kind of yeah. just like... Get by without yeah. it. Yeah. If they shoot 50% from three, but they only take 15... It don't really... It and make seven or much. eight, like, okay, really hurt you, that you much. can manage that. Yeah. But they're not taking 20, 25, 30. I think that's but that's how you beat them though. If I'm a coach, mm-hmm. that's fine. We'll wait on it. If I'm the storm and we and we and we mess around and we get the the sparks in the Wickham, semifinals or anything, every time you get the ball, mm-hmm. shoot a three. We're gonna run a screen and roll. One of one of them big people that you want on the floor gonna get caught up. Right. Shoot it, bang it. But you know what? We're gonna send them home by fast. That, but by that time, you got Elena Beard out there. Changes the defense. I don't, One man, player can change the defense. If you look at them Sparks games from early on in the season, when when it's, been hurt all year, which man. is actually when I was paying attention to them, it, it's not just about one player. It's about they whole team getting lost on defensive assignments and getting lost on threes. They face a good coach that's that's gonna be able to scheme against them. Mm-hmm. It, it might be a long night in L.A. It really might. That's my worry. So so yeah, just 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 rounding it off. That's my worry. First off, want to say appreciate you, John, for coming through. Thank you. Um. TPJ. Yeah, what's up, Appreciate man? you for coming Thanks. through. Get no your plug in before we uh, leave out. Tell the people what you do, where right, they can so, find yeah. you at. Everybody can check me out on Twitter at John W. Davis. I cover the Sparks for W Insider, having a lot of fun doing that. I try to make as many practices as possible, so you see content from me there. Also putting stuff on Instagram, John W. Davis. But, yeah, just check us out, W Insider, and thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So, yeah, it's been Sparklight. Uh, link up with you guys next week.